something to say, that's all I got to say. Hello and welcome to the Sears Soccer Studs podcast, where we discuss the beautiful game with a southern twang. I'm your co-host, Matt. And I'm Joe. Matt, you ready to cut this biscuit? Oh yeah, man. I got the gravy. Let's smother it. Let's do it. All right, Joe. So um, opening weekend just happened. How excited were you? I could barely contain myself. And my excitement. Good, good. Was there anything that kind of stood out to you or or what? Oh, man, there was quite a bit. I mean, for starters, it does, it does suck to see games with no fans still. I would really love – I would love the true English atmosphere back. So that does, that does hurt it a little bit. But, yeah, man, overall, I, I can't tell you, man, it was so good to see some good soccer going on again. It was. I – I admit it was it's one of those things that you kind of it's like Christmas morning for me now you know <laughs> I really really enjoy waking up at I mean right now I actually cannot sleep and to the first game I wake up an hour hour before the game at 6:30 even though I try to sleep in yeah and then I'm sitting there just waiting for the game to come on. So yeah, it's it's pretty much my adult Christmas morning now. It's, instead of Santa, it's NBC announcers. Yeah, Rebecca Lowe. Yeah, Rebecca Lowe. Lua! Robbie Earl. <laughs> <laughs> the two Robbies, my our good buddy Kyle Martino. Yeah. Best American, I think. For announcer, he's not really. He's a commentator. Yeah, I guess. commentator. Yeah. Yeah, best American commentator. NBC, you did it right. You got it right. He's yeah. the best one. So good job. Yep, I agree. Man, just happy, happy to have it back. Yeah, it's great. It really is. Um, but I agree with you. Having fans will, I think, change the players' attitudes too. You know, it it kind of takes away from home field advantage. I would say as well. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. just my personal opinion. Nope. So, you know. Usually what we do when we start a podcast is actually talk about what we jammed out to. Joe and I actually jammed out to a song from early 2000s, I'd say. Yeah, 2001, Yep, i say. Worst come to worst. My peoples come first. Yep, we'll put it on our show notes. But yeah, if you haven't heard it, it's a great song. Oh, yeah. It's actually it's kind of like words to live by, I would say. Yeah, it really is. Inspiration. And we actually jammed out to it on the way to a North Carolina 1A state championship. (laughs) We almost need to set up a jar for that, too. I mean, you know, we've talked about that a couple of times on our pod. So that isn't more of a swear jar. jar, That's a praise jar, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. All right, so um, we're going to go over the games that happened this weekend. You know, there were two, um, two of the top, big six that were not in action just because of their extended run in Europe, being Man U and Man City. Um, Man U was supposed to play Bern, mm-hmm. and Man City was playing Villa. So those games were postponed until later on, but we'll go through the games, I guess, as they they started. Yeah. We can go that way. Yeah. So good. first game, Arsenal 3, Fulham, <sighs> the Cottages. Yeah. Mm. Zero. Joe, what'd you think? 
Disappointing. Disappointing. As a, uh, I mean, I'm a Fulham admirer. They've had a lot of Americans, yeah. Yep, they do. And and I thought they looked all right for a little while, but at, at times there are just too many too many defensive problems on that team. Um, uh, it was a little disappointing. Just Tim Ream was all over the place. That hair, though. The hair. I mean, it was it's kind of high and tight, though. He's like <laughs> he's like the reverse uh, Samson with that thing. <laughs> he's grown it out, but he's gotten worse. <laughs> I mean, he he kind of looks like Gareth Bale, right as Gareth Bale went to Real Madrid. You know, he's in that in-between phase where you can't really pull it up into a ponytail. It's yes. that, that it's weird, area. yeah, weird phase. He's so, in a no man's land. Yeah, and it's I mean, it is some like strawberry blonde. He's a true locks. blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's kind of a metaphor for his game. Like he was hesitant. He uh-huh. would, you know, that uh, that first goal, I believe it was. Uh, he had a chance to clear it, but it just kind of bounced off him like you were watching a high school game or something that was like, man. I think he swung and it bounced and hit him in the butt and then landed in between his legs as he missed the ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. but Yeah, that's a pretty oh, good man. description. So I'm going to discuss Fulham a little bit later on just because uh, – Okay, okay. Yeah, I've got, got something to say about them. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, we'll move on to the next game, which I expected more out of one team. But the next game we're going to talk about is Crystal Palace versus Southampton. The Palace pulled away with a 1-0 win with a beautiful side-footed volley from your boy. My man. Wilfred Zaha. Zaha. So what do you think? That was Zahat. I loved it. <laughs> well done, sir. Yep. Uh, yeah. Zaha, great. He looks like he's back. That that to me was that made me happy. I'm not gonna lie. I like I like a uh, just a guy that's just going after it. And he was. He could have had several other ones. Uh, I think he had two other chances that could have been goals. Uh, he's looking ferocious. Um, you know, Crystal Palace. The center backs look good. Scott Dan back to his best. Um, the whole team. I was actually kind of impressed. I, I, I'm pretty high on Southampton, but they they were good. They just didn't hit what I thought the heights they – I think they will this season. I'm still high on them. So there, from my understanding, Southampton is quite a few commentators, uh, sports writers – I'm sorry, football writers. They're kind of the black horse mm. of – the Premier League this year, like somebody you yeah. just do not see coming. Um, they were coming off a very strong run post um, lockdown. Yes. And that, so I was expecting. Stretch. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. And to, to be – and it was really surprising that they did not continue that, whereas Crystal Palace was off a really f- poor mm-hmm. form yes. post lockdown. So it was kind of – Role reversal right there. So, it's yeah, new, it was, new day, man. I'm telling yeah, you, exactly. New season. It's unfortunate. Um, game was kind of slow for me. Wanted to see a little more action. Mm. Goal happened in probably I think the 13th minute, and then it was kind of lights out after that. Uh, my boy Danny Ings didn't really 
he had maybe a couple of chances, but wasn't able to produce anything. Um, Che Adams, though, had a great volley, which the Crystal Palace goalkeeper saved. So, yeah. Yeah, I think those two are going to make some serious noise this season. I mean, I think uh, the Southampton coach, Ralph Heisenhutl, I believe is his name. He is going to – he's going to crack the whip. If you remember when he first started, they lost – uh, was it seven nothing? Nine. Nine nothing. To Man City. Yes. And everybody was all up in arms. No. The man, he righted the ship. Uh, Southampton, for whatever reason, they have a losing streak on the opening day of the season. I think it goes back like decades. So, for whatever reason, I'm just going to write this off. Okay. Good win for Crystal Palace, but Southampton, we know you're going to make some serious. Tax write-off for Southampton first yep. game. yep. IRS will be looking into (laughs) All right, so moving on to the next game, and this, for me, was the game of the weekend, game Mm. of the very first round, match day one. Liverpool four, Leeds three. Wow. Ooh. What a bloody game. I mean, I felt it in my bones. Yeah. Yeah, so, Joe, give me a little insight on what you felt watching that game. Well, it was basically two teams that live and thrive on disrupting the other team and creating just havoc, not only through turnovers, but short passes, long passes. Um, Never quit. Just hassle the living daylights out of the other team. And when the time comes, there were some great goals. They could finish also. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. Leeds did not back down. They they laid a marker down. I mean, everybody in the league is probably like, oh, crap. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, coming, after winning, coming up to the Premier League after winning the championship, you know, most teams, they've got almost like a honeymoon phase the first couple of games where they perform like this is our style of football. We're going to play this way. But most of them – kind of fall off that after a short period of time, after a f- first few games. You saw it last year with um, Norwich. They yeah. came in, playing their game, fell off. Yep, played Ooh. Liverpool yep. first game. Very yep. similar. But but I don't have the same feeling about Leeds. Oof, no. Bielsa, their coach is, you know, from everything that I've heard, is just a – and we talked about him last episode, but he is just – he has his players in the best shape of their lives. Yes. I mean, so they're going to give teams some trouble. I yeah. really feel that. I mean, the hype was deafening before the game, and it actually lived up to it. Like, Leeds delivered Liverpool by the skin of Mo Salah's teeth. Yeah. Won. Yeah, this is, Liverpool did this a lot last year where they got lucky and won games – towards the end now don't get me wrong they they deserve both of those penalties the first one and the last one I mean that was clear and obvious you know you can't can't say anything about that but they uh they've got a mark on their back so they better be looking over their shoulder because people are going to be coming after them everybody wants to knock you off your horse when you're the champion so yeah yeah but I got uh, I got some statistics here Bring them. I can do some math when I want to. Okay. Yeah. So, Leeds actually had more possession than Liverpool. 
52 to 48%. They also put in 33 tackles on Liverpool, which is more than they have seen since 2015. Wow. Yeah, so they got after them. So I've got a little quote coming up later in a segment about possession, so we'll we'll discuss that. Okay. 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 But yeah, I just I thought it was interesting. More passes when you go down the list, like they 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 put it down. Yeah, Leeds is Leeds is gonna be fun to watch. I think they're my little side boo this year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> little side looking action. Looking at them with a little keen eye. A little like wandering that. eye over yeah. here. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, Leeds. All right. So moving on. Next game of the weekend was West Ham, Newcastle. Newcastle won two nothing. Anything stand out to you? Callum Wilson. Yep. Could absolutely. be the signing of the year. I think he could, he could make the difference for Newcastle to turn them from wannabes to yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, I was really impressed. I've always been kind of a fan of Callum Wilson, especially you know when somebody is. When Chelsea has a transfer rumor after somebody like Cullen Wilson or any other player, I kind of look into them and watch them a little more closely. And Cullen is for free, right? Yeah. Just to be clear, Chelsea is not Chelsea is not asking you to do this. No, or, no, no. Are no, paying is, you? No, no. It's just yes, for fun. This is just my obsession. So, yeah. <laughs> so I I really did like Cullen. You know, we were. Supposed to be after him a couple of seasons ago, but he had a nasty – well, not necessarily a nasty injury, but he was injured most of last season. So it really sucks for him. But um, he did come out really hard this last game um, for Newcastle and produced a pretty – I mean, it to me it looked like he was back to his – I guess it would have been 2018-2019 season with Bournemouth. Mm. So he, he looked He was good. crushing. Yeah. yeah. That combined with um, Hendricks from Burnley that yes. they got. Yeah. I mean, Andy Jeff. Carroll was just kind of, you know, hobbling along. He, gosh, he runs so weird. Yeah. He, he, he even looked a little more motivated. Hmm. He looked a little more fresh. He looked like just Deadwood out there last year. Oh, he barely got any game time, yeah. Yeah. So it was just surprising at one time because they had Cullen Wilson, they had Joe Linton, and uh, Andy Carroll up front. And I'm like – Three tree trunks. Yeah. <laughs> three ogres just r- running wild out there. <laughs> Steve Bruce is like, you know, I'll throw every forward I've got on my bench out there. <laughs> like time we'll machine, son. We're going old school. <laughs> yeah. All right. On the flip side, though, I do think West Ham, which you might hear from me a little later about them, they oof, that was just not a good performance. Didn't I have them as uh, first manager being sacked? You did. Mm. You did. So we spoke about some of this in the first episode, but we had to edit it out because it was four and a half hours long. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, – we may come back to some of those predictions that we had in the first episode. So, unfortunately, you know, it's not, not. It happened. It happened. Let the record show. It happened. There was a bet made. Yeah. Yeah, what was the bet? Is it a friendly bet? Is it a gentleman bet? It's a gentleman bet. Okay. I don't know if it's ever nailed down, but okay. we'll think of something. We'll get it. All right, moving on. West Brom, zero, Neil. 
two, Lester, Jamie Vardy's party, three. Mm. Yeah, had a penalty party, man, just getting buck wild. Did you think all of the penalties were warranted? Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't look that closely. Well, you know me. I'm, yeah, you're I'm, a penalty. <laughs> well, it's not just penalties. It's just making sure that referees call things correctly. And yeah. I would have to say that the first one, being, oh. it, being Jamie Vardy and he's English, I really – I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but I think that the referees in England do have a bias towards certain English players. And I think Jamie Vardy is one of those, but he got tackled in the box. Guarantee you if that was Diego Costa, no penalty. Is that when uh, Barnes was taking it down and then Vardy, the guy kind of got him? Okay. Oh, he, he swim, what, swim, swim moved him <laughs> and just like <laughs> grabbed him and threw him down. So, yeah, I, David, I believe it was David swimmered him. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah. They are not friends. Not friends. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anything about Lester that you liked? Mm, I mean, Harvey Barnes, I mentioned him just a few seconds ago. Yeah, when I watched that game, I'm thinking, this guy looks extremely exciting. If I was a Lester fan, I'd be like, oh, heck yeah. He's, he's quick. Yeah, he is very fast, and he goes for it. Yeah, he's he has one mind, and it's get the ball and go forward. Yep. He rarely tries to pass it back, at which – um, I can appreciate. I mean, when you have one objective, and that's to go at goal, you know, you can scare the crap out of some yeah I mean, defenders. If, you, if especially you're playing with, with Jamie Vardy, pace. yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Jamie Vardy. I mean, that's that's their team is built to you know score some goals. I'm I'm liking it. Yep, yep. So I mean, that's I did find it interesting. Jamie Vardy only had 15 total touches. Scored two goals. He scored two goals. Well, two PKs. But still. Yeah. But, yeah, Jamie Vardy is – I saw a statistic today that said that he scored – he has scored now as many goals as Didier Drogba. Wow. And 44 less games. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's impressive. So. Yeah, you got to give it up. I, I did think – I thought West, uh, West Brom – Performed pretty good, though. First half, I thought it was pretty equal. I mean, I'm, I'm, they they might have a shot at staying up. They got a winger, a left-footed winger that uh, impressed me. I can't think of his name right now. I'll learn him a little bit later. But is it uh, is it the one that uh, West Ham? No. Sold him. No. What's his name? Uh, I know what you're talking about, but no, it's not. Uh, Dean Jana. All right. Okay. So. Everton one, mm. Tottenham zero. Oof. Jose Mourinho, the one and only. He's back for his first full season with Tottenham. Yeah. How do you think he fared? Well, uh, post lockdown, I thought they were all right. This game, and he's doing his normal tricks. And he's making excuses. I mean, who truly knows if there's got to be some truth to him, but. Let's face it, the guy has more excuses than I can count. So, yeah, I thought they looked flat, and they looked uh, not very dangerous aside from Son. Yeah. Yeah, my <clears throat> issues with Jose Mourinho was that he had basically three defensive midfielders 
out on the field. Actually, four, considering Eric Dyer was playing center back. So, four mm-hmm. defensive midfielders. You had Winks. You had uh, Hoiberg. Yep. And then Sizoko, too. Yeah. Did he come on as a I sub? think he came on, yeah. Okay. Who do you take the place of? There's somebody else that was on. Um, I'm sorry. Can't think of it right now. But just there wasn't a lot of creativity no. within that midfield three. So really relying on Deli Alley, Young Ming Son, and Harry Kane. Yeah. Which, I mean – they can they can make things happen, but like you said, I, I feel like they were flat. Yeah, they they could not. Um, yeah, I mean, Harry Kane had zero service, I mean, zero. Yeah, I mean, you can go to a closed restaurant and get more service than he was getting. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's funny. Oh me. Um, but on the flip side, Everton. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, you know, I'm a fan of Carlo Ancelotti. I like his one eyebrow, his rock eyebrow yeah. going on. You know, <laughs> you smell um, what Ancelotti's cooking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I was really impressed with James Rodriguez. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say that coming to the Premier League is really, really hard. Coming from a different league, but man, did he fit right in? His touch was better than just about everybody else on the field. I know your boy, Rich Arlison, over on the side. Well, I mean, James outplayed him. You know, I was watching their first touches, and yeah. James was like – it was almost every time the ball was played to him, it was like, like he was trying to catch an egg. Yeah. So he was moving <laughs> his foot. You know, if, you, if you've ever tried to catch an egg – you can't just let it hit your hand. No, and you bounce off. Cushion it. Yeah, and he was doing that with every first first touch. The like, man is butterfeet. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just smooth, oh, it's silky smooth. I think actually those two are going to complement each other quite a bit, though. Yeah. When I was watching, I think they he. I mean, Hamas probably played like three or four long passes out to Richarlison, who's more of a just a true workhorse. I mean, he's got some skill and he can score a lot. But yeah, I'm thinking they're going to send him through. I mean, he. I'm expecting a big year for those two. I think they complement each other really well. Yeah, I I really enjoyed watching that game. Um, you know, obviously, being a Chelsea fan, and I will say this openly, I could care less about what Tottenham does. I hope they finish 17th <laughs> and get relegated. But that's well, no, 17th wouldn't relegate him. Shoot, 18th. Let them finish 18th, <laughs> I'd be happy with it. But that's just me. Um, but I will be honest, you know, I, I I feel like Tottenham's got some issues, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it starts at the top with Daniel Levy not wanting to spend too much money, which I don't blame him because they just opened a new stadium. They were expecting to get a lot of money through their fans, through NFL for yeah, their stadium. Yeah, all these yeah, music events, you name it. Yeah, so they're not able to do that. So the revenue is not coming in. And Daniel Levy has also been very shrewd in his business and uh, kind of financial decisions, especially regarding the club and who to bring in. You know, they're uh, 
Their most expensive signing came off the bench, Endom Tangai Endombele. Endombele. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think they've had a real falling out, like whatever's going on between those two. Yeah, Jose's not a big fan, and I think it's mutual. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So I just I I said in the first episode, which was edited out, um, that I feel like Tottenham's going to struggle the most out of the big six, and I'm going to stick by that. Mm. I really do. I could I could see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's too early to, to tell, but uh, the signs don't look too good. Everton, on the other hand, yeah, I was loving Allen, Decore. I thought, man, they, they put a platform upon which you can let some great players operate. You said something that I completely forgot about, Allen. Allen. The Brazilian from Napoli just coming into a new league as well. Wow. I had not seen him play very much. When I first saw a picture of him, I thought he was going to be like six foot. Yeah. Yeah, he's (laughs) – He's not. But he is a a true defensive midfielder, but he also is very smooth on the ball. Oh, he's very silky. His positioning was incredible. Oh, some of his turns away from pressure were just like, wow. I mean, you you would think that team had been – that midfield had been playing together for five years. Yeah, exactly. And they literally just got thrown together a week before. Yep. All right, moving on, moving on. Uh, Sheffield United, that these games were today because we're filming on Monday. Um, right. Sheffield United filming. <laughs> we're recording <laughs> on Monday. We're filming without video. Yeah. Sheffield United, zero. Wolves, two. First two goals in under seven minutes, and then it was meh. Yep. But I didn't watch the game. I'm sorry. I was working. Oh. Well, I was working and watching. That's how I get down. Um, yeah, it was actually. <coughs> yeah, from what I saw, it was actually a very frenetic back and forth. Like, although the scoreline is 2 nothing, I think Sheffield, they're going to be back to their winning ways this season if they keep playing like they were. Billy Sharp. You know, had one hit the post. Um, I saw some really good work from him, and then he missed the absolute. I'm talking from you to me, Matt. A sitter? Yes. Wow. A bona fide sitter. Of course, there were people in front of him, but he just completely missed it. So he pulled a Raheem Sterling? Correct. Yeah. It was very Sterling-esque. So, yeah, the um, but, yeah, it was back and forth. They were going for it, and it's very exciting to see those two teams play. Um, so, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Wolves' coach. Really like Sheffield United's coach. So, yeah, I think those teams yeah. will cause a lot of people trouble. Yeah. So, um, and finally today, Brighton 1, Chelsea 3. Mm-hmm. So, tell, me, tell me your thoughts on that result. So, to be honest, um, the first half was a little, a little boring for Chelsea. Um, they didn't have a lot happening. You can tell there's a lot of new links with um, Timo Werner and I'm sorry, um, Kai Havertz playing. Mm-hmm. They're just not up to speed just yet. Um, but we. 
Timo did get a penalty, which um, Jorginho scored. All right. So that was that was wonderful. Um, I was happy to see Ruben Lockfist's cheek on the field. I think I really really hope that he will find. I hope Frank Lampard can find a good position for him. Right now, they had him playing left wing, like Christian Pulisic's. Yeah, no. It's just that's not that's not him. He needs to be in the midfield making runs from deep. Like he he's a Frank Lampard kind of a player. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I was really happy with him getting the three points. Um, it was never for me. Never really in doubt. Uh, well, maybe for a second when they tied it up, but we put that to bed pretty quickly. Um, it was. It's good to see Kurt Happy Zuma. Yeah. His middle name is actually Happy. Fun fact for the day. Fun fact. Um, to get a deflected goal, I don't know if they ended up calling that an own goal or not. It was on frame, so they probably mm. – it was a deflection. But, yeah, it was uh, – we had two defenders score and a defensive midfielder score, so that's, yeah. that's all right. I, I, I mean, from what I saw, I liked Timo's game. You could tell – He's he's gonna cause some havoc. Yeah, when him and Christian Pulisic are on the same, once Pulisic uh, comes back from a little little injury, um, that pace of those two is gonna buckle up, y'all. Yeah, I mean, and if we could get Havertz, who he had a I think a difficult day. Yeah, he looked a little kind of sluggish. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, but he had a couple of times where he. He got the ball, and you, oh, you know, can tell his passing is. Yeah, I mean his mind is working like steps ahead, just through ball. What I noticed a lot today was the. Um, there's got to be some trust earned between the players. You know, Havertz was signed not even last week, so, or it was last week, and they just they need to play more together, need to gel a little bit. But yeah, I'm excited. Three points. You know, I think we're. Because of alphabetically, we're in third right now. Yeah. Well, cool. ABC. <laughs> cool with that. So. All right. All right. So anything out of the big six that you really stood out to you? No. I mean, I think it – well, I mean, one thing we didn't really touch on would be Arsenal. Willian, he might be the, one of the buys of the season so far. I mean, the man is just – Free transfer. Yeah. Three assists. Can you really say the first one was an assist? See, this is what I don't get. He shoots the ball, and it's saved, and it falls and right it falls to the guy. Lacazette. Yeah, right there at the goal. How is that an assist? Take it up with the Premier League. Oh, my gosh. Yes, this is okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm actually – I mentioned it before. I'm I'm a big fan – Actually, I despise Arsenal personally, but I'm a big fan of the team he's putting together and that yep. you can tell they got some real strong defensive foundation that they're building upon. Well, what I wanted to talk about, I actually didn't know this until they mentioned it in the Arsenal game. Right now they only have technically two fit center backs. David Luiz apparently had a serious injury, is going to be out for a long time. I think they sold or trying to sell Socrates. Right. So they they could be in trouble if something happens to one of their central defenders because 
Rob Holding is notorious for injuries as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little worried about that for them. Not that I should worry about Arsenal being a Chelsea fan, but right. yeah, have I'm concerned. Yep. One thing I want to want to say though, all those Chelsea fans out there, did you see Williams' corner kick that went straight into the box <laughs> and they scored? We've had him for Where seven that years. Been? He's been <laughs> He's hiding. Never it. done that. He's been hiding in his hair, man, all this time. Wow. Wow. Okay. Quick. One last question: Is the Aubameyang cutting in from the left? side shooting and scoring is that the new Aryan robin i mean yeah for a right-footed player nobody can stop it this man he could be golden boot winner yeah he could again i really do feel that uh yeah i could see that happening but yeah i don't i don't know what you do as a defender maybe you try to just take him out outside the box like or you pressure him, get closer to him when the ball is coming to him. They give him way too much room, and I'm, I'm sorry, he is fast, and he's, but he's not super skilled on the ball. Like you don't see him doing a lot of fake outs. No, it's not technical. Overs. So if I think if you're on him, and you get some kind of meaty little right back. To put some pressure on him and hit him a couple times, like I think he would be worried. So, but yeah, that that cut in and then side netting is, and he, if you see that that goal that he scored, if you watch the ball, the flight of the ball, like he hit it with the instep and it it did like a, um, it didn't curve at all. It actually had top spin. Mm-hmm. So that's even harder oh, that's as a incredible. goalie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was it was impressive. So all right. So next we're gonna we're actually gonna start the main course of this podcast. You just listen to the appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a few sections that we uh, we love to talk about. First one being Crim Daylight Prim. Ask you, what was your creme de la prim for this for this first week of the uh, Premier League? Oh, okay. We already touched on him. I went back and forth on a few players, but at the end of the day, I decided on the one and only James. You're saying it wrong. Rodriguez. <laughs> His name is not James. Yeah, it's not James. <laughs> um, yeah, so let me run through a few stats here. Five chances created, the most on the debut since Alexis Sanchez with Arsenal in 2014. Boo. <laughs> had a good run with Arsenal. He did. He also had four recoveries. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. He was actually sliding in. This man, I think he's going. He likes being central to a team, and he has a coach that appreciates him. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was the most. In. Yeah, that was the most on either team. Wow. Yeah, which surprised me. Uh, once again, he had eleven of twelve long passes that were successful, most on either team. You already discussed his touch, his vision. He, I mean, I think at least his first game, they put him out on the right at the top of the the three. 
he he's not really a Richarlison head straight to goal. He likes to cut inside and then do a little something there, like cut like straight inside, not towards goal, but he kind of shuttles and he's unstoppable with his passing and his long range, long range shot. So yeah, I mean, I think I think I saw a stat he received a pass from every single player on his team in the first half alone. Wow, I mean, it's unprecedented. So I think he's going to be central to all the good things that Everton are doing. Yeah, he's that type of player that wants the ball no matter what. I mean, you could see Jordan Pickford even picking him out. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. I mean, he's got a point to prove too. After the man has spent a few years in the wilderness between Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, I think he might have found a new home. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see him play um, in the Premier League this whole season. I hope he stays healthy because it can get. The Premier League's unlike anything you you could play in, unless you play in the Championship, which is even harder. But I really hope that he stays healthy, and I think Everton is gonna, you know, I think they're gonna have their day where they, you know, don't show up. But I think they're gonna give people a lot of trouble. They always give Chelsea trouble. So yeah, we'll see. All right, what about uh, what about you? Who is your creme de la prem? So. My creme de la prem is actually a team. Now, they lost, but, man, were they exciting. I'm going to go with Leeds. Leeds United. Man, I'm my side boo. <laughs> Gosh, I need to check her out hard. Man. <clears throat> but you che- know, Chelsea needs to start monitoring your phone, buddy. I know, right? Let's <laughs> <laughs> search history. Um, you know, I said it said it earlier I really feel like Leeds with their pressing style they're going to give a lot of teams trouble this year I mean to go at the defending champions with no regret no regrets (laughs) I mean they they really pushed and was really hoping to see that game end in I mean before the penalty it was almost like Leeds had all the opportunities. You could almost see Leeds getting the next goal. Oh, yeah. They, they easily so, could have won. So, even though they lost, I really, really respect them. Um, their style. Like, that's why, you know, creme de la prem. Mm. Their style was just the pressing. And more than anything, you know, you've got Liverpool who kind of mastered the gangham pressing. Yes. And look. And Leeds was able to pass out of the back like they've been doing it in the Premier League forever. I mean, there was numerous times where goalie to center back to right back, back to a midfielder, I mean, they just worked the ball like back to front and then threw it out wide. You know, it was – I was really, really impressed with Leeds. And Liverpool – better check themselves because you know what Leeds did to Liverpool I think a lot of other teams are going to take that and say okay this is how we need to play against Liverpool Leeds made Liverpool's defenders actually defend you which know, they, is not their strength yeah you talk about so last year you know PFA players um, players of the year and team of the year. You know, they had 
TAA, Trent Alexander-Arnold, <laughs> as right back. Has anybody ever watched him actually play defense? He's not a defender. He's average in defending. I, pretty poor. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the uh, guy. I See, that's what, what you have to do to Liverpool. You actually have to make their outside wingbacks basically defend because even Robertson, like, he is crazy fast. But he's not a great defender. Those guys, both of them have beautiful – right foot and left foot into the box. They can assist machines. But you put them, you push them up against the wall and make them defend, yeah, they're going to struggle. And I don't know if you watched TAA very closely because I did. He got destroyed that game. There was times where he was – Oh, yeah. He got crossed up real hard. Well, it's been, yeah, quite – it's becoming a habit for the man. Pulisic lit him up just a few months ago. I mean, their their whole system is based on their attacking wingbacks driving everything. When you actually set the clock back a few years and say, no, no, this position on the field is supposed to defend, well, then you're exposing a big weakness. Yeah. And that's what Leeds did. And, and I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I, I felt like their, their style of play – when they were being pressed, they have kind of mastered a way to escape, whether it's passing or hit a long ball out to a wide-open man who is and all of a sudden – Spread the field. Yes, they have mastered that kind of quick escape. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand about other teams as well. Like if you, if you know teams are going to press you, you should practice having somebody, whichever side of the field it ought – is it is on so let's say it's on the right side of the field the defender should be able to ping a ball to the left side of the field and have a winger open like that winger should stay on the left side almost on the sideline and just move make the field that much wider now our old high school coach was a terrible (laughs) terrible coach we basically coached ourselves but i remember one thing from him Every time that we got the ball on a goal kick, if it was on our side of the field, he was always saying, get on the line. Yep. Spread the field. Now, it's completely different in the English Premier League because you can hit guy, you can have guys that can hit a 70-yard ball on somebody's foot, switching fields. Yeah. So <clears throat> what I don't understand is why defenders – don't do that more often. Why there aren't more teams that say like, "Hey, I'm going to be out here on the," and even if it doesn't work, at least you you're out of the press, yeah. you know. But if you put a ball in the open with somebody like Christian Pulisic, somebody like Mo Salah, somebody like Sadio Mane, and you put it one on one into space and have them run onto it with another defender, it's a pretty good chance that your boy's going to get there. Well, and you saw Virgil van Dyke make a mistake. Leads. I mean, if you don't make that pass, if you don't go for it, if you don't cause a little disruption, if you don't escape the press with that, and plus they harassed Virgil van Dyke. Everyone. So if you don't do that, then, hey, you're probably not going to get a goal. But Leeds has shown the way, and, yeah, man, I'm actually excited because they're not going to be playing Liverpool every week. Yeah. Somebody who can actually punish them. Right. And can actually maybe even out – 
hustle them. Yeah. Most teams, it's going to be a struggle, so it should be very exciting. It was, uh, it was sad to see Rodrigo come on. You know, they're um, – most expensive signing and then give away yeah. the penalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lost on the game. Not a good debut for Rodrigo. No, no it wasn't. So, uh, <clears throat> so the next segment is what we like to call. Bless your heart. Basically. Bless your heart. Your little heart. Yeah, your little heart. <laughs> This is a southern expression, which most of y'all will be familiar with, but some of y'all maybe not. You don't want to be in this section. It's the anti-crim de la prim. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that we saw. It wasn't so nice. It was uh, something a little rough. Your friends will make fun of you for being in this section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I know a lot of the, I mean, Premier League is, we're pretty popular podcast among the Premier League, I think. It's a polite way of saying, you busted. Yeah. <laughs> Need to fix yourself. Exactly. So, Joe, who you got in your, your uh, bless your heart? Segment? Ooh, I went with a team, West Ham. Okay. The okay. Hammers. Lost 2 nothing to Newcastle. Not the end of the world. It's been the manner that they lost and everything surrounding the club. Their own player, Mark Noble, has had a little pop against the the owner. Captain. Yes, the captain, Mr. West Ham. Like he's basically the embodiment of West Ham. That's got to be tough for uh, the Bubbles fans. Yes. I mean, the, the, the guy, you know, he's been there forever. He doesn't have much time left. I think he's 33, and he's seeing the club kind of go down the drain. He doesn't want to spend his last years fighting another relegation battle. So that sucked. I mean, they – Sold uh, Dan Ghana to West Brom for big money. That was a promising young player. Sure enough, he started for West Brom. Uh, they missed out on our American uh, phenom, Anthony Robinson, who went to Fulham. So things just aren't looking good for him. The coach, David Moyes, looked like a dead man walking. I mean, he looked like Crip Keeper. Yeah. I mean, I think he's aged. He's aging like double. <laughs> yeah, and this is the second time that he's managed West Ham, actually. Yeah. You know, um, from what I'm hearing, West Ham is really struggling financially to even bring anybody in. Yeah. So they will have to sell in order to buy. And they did They did sell to West Brom, mm-hmm. which apparently a lot of fans were just not happy about it because he was a product of the academy, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Very yeah, very promising. I mean, you're just kind of selling your future, and for not not much in return. And West Ham fans are going to be really upset if Chelsea go in for Declan Rice and actually get him. Yeah, I have. You know, Declan Rice was actually in the Chelsea academy. We got rid of him. He's best friends with Mason Mount. They've talked about playing together again in the club level. They play together mm-hmm. in the country level, so. But they're bros. From my yeah. understanding, Chelsea will go in for Declan Rice, but West Ham is asking quite a bit of money, so it may not happen this this go around. But probably next year you'll see Declan in mm. a blue jersey. Yeah, I know Frank is a big 
Frank Lampard is a big fan, Declan Rice. Yeah. But it was just kind of sad to see a great club, big fan base, you know, great history. And it looks like they're kind of circling the drain. Yeah, they're another one like Tottenham that just built this massive stadium. And they thought it would just – Print money. Print money, but also, you know, kind of inject some yeah. passion into the club. And Unless it, you're in a new era. Yeah. Exactly. It has not done that. So, yeah. Okay. Who you got? Well, I also Matt? went with a team. Okay. So I've actually got two bless your heart moments. Okay. I'm um, excited. My first one, without a doubt, is Fulham. Mm. Fulham is uh, – man, I, I know that we went over who's going to get relegated, and I, I would say after watching them, Fulham's going to be the first one relegated. Oof. I feel like they're in Norwich this year. Oh, it was oh. that being the first game was hard to watch for me. Like Scotty Parker on the sideline looked super fresh in his suit. Whatever his um, stylish man. Yeah, I mean that suit fit really, really well. He <laughs> looked good. You know, the hair is always looking just locked down. Yeah, but the team, the team didn't even put up a fight. No. You know, they were toothless. They didn't try to lay a glove, if you're using boxing terms. They didn't lay a glove on Arsenal. It was too easy for Arsenal. Yep. Which I think Arsenal better get their act together because that was that was like Sunday pub league for Arsenal. Yeah, they didn't even get out of the third gear. Yeah, it was I mean, Scotty P, we all know you have a credo, no regrets. No regrets. But, yeah, I mean, you left the guy who literally scored you 26, 25 goals, Mitrovic, on the bench. You got to go for it, man. I did hear that Mitrovic was coming off of a knock. Oh, okay. So he, he needed a little bit of time. But the thing is, you know, that's one of the things that I had written down. Now, where are the goals going to come from but besides Mitrovic? Yep. You know, there's, I, there's not I, much. One of uh, – my buddies is a straight-up Fulham fan, and we were chatting through this game. I was like, you know, this is, this is hard to watch. And he was like, I know. I said, where are your goals going to come from? He said, last year that Mitrovic had the majority of them. He said, everybody else, yeah. it, there wasn't anything there. So I just don't see where their goals are going to come from. I even asked, you know, do you have any wingers that actually go at people? They did get knock art from, mm. was it – Brighton and Hove Alvian? I think so. I'm a fan of Knockart. I do like him. But still, they the biggest thing for me was it was almost like they were in a possession drill. They're just moving the ball around with no purpose. And that drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So I'm going to give you a quote about possession. You know, you talked about possession earlier. Hit okay. me with it. And this is actually from Pep Confidential. Oh, I recommend yeah. that book. Marty Piranou. Nope, I pronounced that incorrectly. I listened to it before for today. Had the pronunciation down. Can't even read my own writing. But the guy that wrote it. Yes. Yeah. Got you. The author. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So he says that possession is only a means to an end. It's a tool, not an objective or an end goal. 
So basically, I agree. Possession is is okay, but it's what you do with the ball. So you know you're talking about the possession stats earlier. Possession doesn't really mean anything. Um, they sh- even what I was listening to, you know, spoke about uh, this was a, a brief rundown of transfers and everything sponsored by the athletic so gotta throw a shout out to athletic but they were saying you know they had stats that lester when they won the title they had 40 42 percent possession mm-hmm. during the entire year manchester city the year before last had like you know 67 right so what you do with the ball when you get it you know and fulham just literally seemed like they were in a possession drill the whole time. And it, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I get the ball, I'm looking forward. Well, that's what I love to see. I mean, I feel bad for the fans because it was the first game week and you could already tell you might as well just get comfortable because it is going to be, it's going to be all season to see if they can escape relegation. I mean, you can just, you can just tell they have, the defense, they basically have not upgraded at all. I mean, Anthony Robinson, I think he'll be good. I think they got maybe one other player. They're essentially going with what got them out of the championship last year. They're saying lock and load. We're going to try see if we can stay up in the Premier League with this same squad. Right. Tim Ream, love you, buddy. Love the hair. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping y'all can do it. So I'm going to have one more go at this. Marty Paranel. Oh, okay. Paranel. That's close. But I agree with you. Um, They are trying to go with the same team, but if you remember two seasons ago when they were in the Premier League, they spent a crazy amount of money, and then same thing got relegated right away. So they're trying to find that happy happy medium, the happy balance. I don't know if they'll they'll find it. It almost looks like two extremes. They tried blowing up the squad, didn't work. Now they just – I know Scotty P, he's a loyal man. You know what I'm saying? Rocking that monkey maze, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wait, what? Are you, you going back to that movie? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> How often do you get somebody named Scotty P? You, oh. I'm going all season Scotty P <laughs> references. I like it. You know I what like I'm saying? It. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying. <laughs> What's up, dog? Yes, I hear you. I know what you're saying, yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I am a true Chelsea fan but at the same time I am a huge critic of Chelsea as well so I'm going to have to go with my second bless your heart for Kepa Arisa Balaga mm. his his time his days are numbered at Chelsea he I don't know if anybody saw the goal today but wow um, Ooh. ball was shot in he overdove it. He dove past the ball, and it went under his arm. He was there to make a save, and it went under his arm. And you see him just put his head into the ground. He knows that we're getting another goalie. He knows that his days he are number. I don't. He. I really feel like I. I feel for him because he's. I bet he's a great chap, but. <laughs> <laughs> he seriously has lost all of his confidence in himself. 
I mean, he's got a 37-year-old that probably get can get more playing time than him, and he's 25, most expensive goalkeeper in the world. Like, that weighs heavy probably on him. Yeah, he's buckling under yeah. under the pressure, and it's become – it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think he has the most long-range goals scored against him since when he started. And, yeah, it just is it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's sad to watch. It really is. Yep. I, I feel like he needs a loan to Spain back to his home country and just Fresh. with the club, yeah, just get back to Spain, go back and eat some tapas, go back to eating dinner at 9, 10 yep. o'clock at night. Have you a little siesta in the yeah. afternoon. But get, he needs that confidence to be built back up. And I, I feel like he – I mean, because he's got a long contract with Chelsea. So send him on a two-year loan. Yeah, he can come back. Freshen up. Get a know. veteran in there. Yeah. So, Kappa, I'm sorry, man. That was – that was a, you've been pretty poor lately. I really hope you find yourself and can get your confidence back because I, I, I know what it's like to lose confidence in your game. It's hard, really hard to get back. But as a goalie, I don't know how you can get it back. You know, Mistakes are magnified as a goalie. Exactly. And yeah, everybody is watching that man. Yeah, it's, it's it's no fun. I feel for him, but he's still young. He's made the right choice because if he keeps on this path, I mean, it's not it's not working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Joe, you oh, know the next segment. Oh, yeah. It's time is- for the finest frog's hair. Joe, how do you you feeling today buddy i am fine as frog's hair dude it's so fine you don't even can't see even it. see it microscopic Woo, so fine so it's the section where we pick something that doesn't quite neatly fall in the good or bad just something with a little x factor a little freshness yes a little something extra yep yep so this week i'll get your opinion who'd you go with so I went with uh, a player this week for a couple of reasons, but um, I'll go ahead and say I picked Mo Salah. Ooh, ooh, I like it. So Mo Salah won. He's got a fresh new haircut. Very fresh. Oh man, I think he got it cut. He went straight from the barber to the field. Yeah, I mean the man is looking like spruced up. And he got that beard faded just right. <laughs> it's like next level that fade. Is, it was extremely fresh. So Mo looks really, really, really healthy. Um, but more than anything, not only was he stylish with his hair, but I'm going to tell you, he looked like he did not even have a break. Whew, no, man. He his, looked like he was playing a different game than other people. Yeah, he was on a different level. I mean, his first touch – being able to shield people off the ball the way he, he is with his size. I mean, he was literally on a different level. I felt, you know, I I have Mane on my fantasy team, and I, I love Sadio. I, I really do. <laughs> Sadio love, yeah. But Mo Salah was – I think he was a step above everybody on that field. Oh, yeah, his, I agree. His just level of play – was so far above anybody. Um, if he hadn't been out there, I don't know what would have happened. 
if they just put an average player out there or one of their backups from the youth team or Shakiri, I think you had a whole different experience because yeah. his ability in class elevated that whole team. Yeah, straight up hat trick, first game, fresh to death. Mm. So, yeah, that was mine. Um, Joe, who you got? Oh, I'm going to keep it uh, the same game. I went with a team. I went with Leeds. Ooh, okay. So so I originally had Leeds as my finest frog's hair, but then I changed it up to creme de la prim because finest frog's hair has something stylish and Mo look real stylish. He did. So when I say Leeds, I don't mean the goals. I don't mean the pressing. I don't mean the tactics. I'm talking about the hair. <laughs> so many man buns. <laughs> so <laughs> many. Golly. I had to just adjust my TV screen. I couldn't believe it had been so long since I had seen a team that committed to hair. I mean, to great hair. Half the team had the hair bun pulled up, and did you see the line shaved oh, underneath it? Jack Harrison had the shaved line. Pullback ponytail look. Uh, we had Luke Ailing, the right back and captain. Phenomenal man bun. Yes. You got the newly capped midfielder, Calvin Phillips. Yes. Also man bun. Yeah. Uh, the new uh, German d- defender, Robin Koch. He's bringing back like the mid 90s, like Backstreet Boys, David Beckham, like kind of the mid part. Waterfall look, yeah. (laughs) The curtains. Uh, Glorious. You had, uh, what's his name, Helder Costa, uh, who joined from Wolves, two-tone dreadlocks. I mean, this team, and like I said, I think the other guy, Strauch, I believe is his name. Yeah, glorious jet black hair, just pulled back with the band. I mean, we're talking a team of men, and men have real hair. Head and shoulders above everyone. They were. <laughs> I mean, it, it took me back. I thought I was like in the 70s or something when men actually got flamboyant with their hair. Like, it only takes one team, and then you realize, dang, we've been missing this in our lives. Right. So many high and tight looks, so much hair gel. No, 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 no. You want to see a real man's team <laughs> in terms of hair? You look at Leeds. So. Emma, my fiance, I told her that once we actually get married, I want to grow my hair out and grow like a man bun. <laughs> oh my goodness! She's she's kind of concerned about that, but I mm, I don't blame her. I I want to do it. I want to see it at one point in my life. Maybe maybe I'll be like Mister Peoples and I'll be you know our like a hippie. Yeah, like an aging hippie. When I'm in my seventies, I'll rock it then. But yeah. I really want to try it one day. It'll probably circle back around. Yeah, but yeah, Joe, I I, I saw it. It was beautiful. The uh, Leeds team had so many, so many man buns. I mean, yeah, when they were celebrating a goal, it looked like a, just a, like a modern art, <laughs> <laughs> like a playground or something. All these different shapes and sizes, and everybody oh, just bouncing gosh. together. Uh, who yeah, was the, uh, I loved it. Who was the old? Uh, when we were growing up, there was always this one guy that was on hair commercials that had hair. Fabio. Fabio. You if know. He, you know Fabio approves the leads. Oh my gosh! I'm pretty sure he's rocking like a leads headband. He right probably now, pulling is. His <laughs> hair back. 
Fabio, if you if you listen to this, hit us hit us up on social media or something. Yeah, tell us how how much you like leads. Yep, because <laughs> we know you'd be giving us some tips, brother. Oh man. Well, um, yeah, good choice, Joe. Very good choice. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So next, we're gonna move on to the melting pot. This is where we discuss all things around the world. Joe, what do you have? Anything today for the melting pot? Mm, well, I did see today our boy, our phenom in waiting, Gio Reyna, had a goal in the German Cup. The DF's Poco? Poco? Yeah, <laughs> that's the one, the one and only. Can't miss it. Yeah, they yeah, they put a whooping on uh, the name of the team they played, Escape. I think Escape's me. It was maybe 5 nothing. they won. Right. But I saw where he scored, saw the highlights. I mean, he's coming along. That's a very exciting team. And he he could be – him and Pulisic, thinking about those two together, I mean, you're talking world-class players by the time the next World Cup kicks off. Yeah, I think we've got exciting times coming up. Um, Gio Reyna, we spoke about him last week. He's young. He's tall. He's got really, really amazing skill. So I'm really excited for the future <clears throat> with the U.S. And going on that, my melting pot, I've got a couple of things, but one of the things I wanted to bring up is Conrad De La Fuenta. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Si, senor. Okay. So Conrad De La Fuenta is the very first American to ever play for Barcelona. We've last week we covered Weston McKinney, first American player at Juventus. We're we've got exciting times ahead of us. Yeah, there's some amazing talent coming yeah. through. I really hope that we can get to a point where we're playing the majority of these guys are in the same league and can kind of understand each other a little bit better because they see each other more often. Right. That'd be nice. But I really feel like we've got some exciting times ahead of us for um, for American soccer. The biggest problem that I see is that we play in the CONCACAF and we go to places <laughs> that do not cut their grass for two weeks and then we come down there and it's 16 inches tall and they're like, yeah, you got, you <laughs> we got just boulders. cut it this morning. You got boulders on the field. And gosh. Then, it's like us going up to Blue Ridge back in high school. Oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> Craters. Oh, yeah. Gosh, what a rough time. Yeah, CONCACAF is like the Western North Carolina high school soccer. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the state, basically. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to mention um, about, you know, we we want to talk about anything that we saw around the world. And, you know, even if we discuss women's soccer, which – women's soccer which we're not opposed to i mean oh no chelsea chelsea won nine chelsea women won nine nothing the other day like that's what i'm talking about yeah i mean got some superstars i love women and when they play soccer (laughs) yes (laughs) both of those things great big big fans we like i think we've mentioned earlier we are limited on time and what we can watch so yeah Yeah. and our our first love is the premier league so that's what we mainly cover so i 
I actually saw something, and I hope, Joe, that you saw this as well. Um, the only reason I saw it is because of this wonderful little website called Reddit. Mm-hmm. Well, I was on the. I've heard you mention it a time yep. or two. I was on the uh, soccer subreddit and saw this amazing goal and league. Uh. Ooh. Yeah. So this was um, Irvin Cordona from Stade Bertois. Hmm. And I'm I'm really sorry if I pronounce that incorrectly, but sounded good to my ears. We're gonna have to post this goal on our show notes because it's 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 a volley it's not a scissor kick it's not a bicycle kick it's extremely unique okay so the way you're looking at me right now you did not see my this. face is telling you that no i have not seen oh my this gosh goal. so this this was incredibly impressive with Body control, the amount of height that he got on his jump. This is something that you would see that only Zlatan Ibrahimovic could pull, mm. if that gives you any doubt. Oh, that okay. gets my heart racing. Yeah. So, ball was crossed in. Scott jumps off of his left foot, okay? So, he goes power off the left. Now, when he does that, his right knee comes up above him, just like, you know, how goalies are taught – if you come out for a ball, you jump. Whatever foot you jump off of, you raise your other knee so that you protect yourself. So his, so he jumps, left foot, pushes off with his left foot, right, right knee is up. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the middle of his jump, with the right knee up, he pumps his leg back and then shoots. Now, when you see it... You, when the way I'm describing it, you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So this was similar to a, if you think about the Karate Kid, puts his knee up and then he jumps and then jackknife. Yeah, amazing goal. Okay. I mean, okay. He was back post. It's very very unique goal. So you got to check it out. But it is. Unbelievable! I, it, wow, when I saw it. Mm, okay. Yeah, we'll even put a got, link to it. I yeah, have to check it out. I even got Emma, my fiance, on it, and I was like, Emma, let me show you this goal. It's so crazy, and she was like, Well, are you talking about the one on Reddit? And I'm like, Yeah. You <laughs> She's seen like, it? I seen it. Oh, I heck seen yeah! It. <laughs> yeah, I got her hooked too. Uh huh. But yeah, unbelievable. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. Awesome, awesome stuff. So. Next, we move on to, you know, we still haven't figured out the name of this. The uh, We're still waiting on the emails yeah, to yeah. flood in. Yeah, by the way, email us with any any suggestions, any questions for us at searsoccerstuds. With a Z. At gmail.com. All right. And you can find us on Instagram at searsoccerstuds.com. Seer Soccer Studs. See us on Twitter. Yep. At Seer Soccer Studs. Correct. And we'll put that all in the show notes. Um, yeah. But yeah, hit us up. Okay. Our big weekly discussion, which we're we're hoping that some of y'all can help us out with the name on. Um, we've called it the 
rocking chair hour, the sewing circle, the front porch, the shrimp and grits, shrimp and grits. Like, just give us a little the family reunion. We want something something southern. Yeah, yeah, we do. So, Joe, um, I kind of teased you with this in like our very first episode that didn't make it on air. I don't think this was Genesis. This was before Genesis. Oh, before. Yeah. The like three and a half hour one that we talked. That we. (laughs) So. We old yellowed that one. So the, the big discussion for me this week is why fans choose a certain team. You know, um. From my understanding, there's about three types of fans. You've got the bandwagon, the bandwagoner, mm-hmm. who's usually the one that you know meets a friend and says, "Hey, you know, what are you watching?" "Oh, I'm watching this Man United play." "Oh, cool." And then they get to the point where they're like, "You know what? I like Man United," or they like Man United because they win a lot of trophies. Yeah, they start winning. Yep. Or sign a great player. Yep. Become popular, and people jump on. Yep. Them bandwagon. Yep. They sign somebody that you know they've always liked and enjoyed watching, like Ronaldo. So many people jump the bandwagon from Man U to Real Madrid when he went to Real. Now they're probably Juventus fans. Yep. Yeah. They buy the jersey. Yeah. Then. The second fan is somebody that watches a sport and says, you know what, I really like this sport. I like this league. I'm going to sit down and watch games and just figure out who I enjoy watching. I call that the studier. Okay, okay. All right? So, yeah, just like I'm saying, they they sit down, watch all the games, and maybe it takes them a whole season to figure out who they are. Yeah, they kind of see which team fits them, what who they're feeling. What, what what team they want to – and, you know, what team kind of speaks to them. Yeah, yeah. And the third and final one is the love at first sight. Mm-hmm. So certain certain people – Get your heart fluttering. Yeah. They watch a team, they see them, and they're just completely infatuated with them right off the bat. Like, this is my team. This is the one. Team. So, Joe, I got to ask you, what – what kind of fan are you? Hmm. That's a good question, Matt. I would have to say number three. Love at first sight. Take me back. Okay. Jump in the time machine. It was summer of... That was... <laughs> this time machine doesn't sound safe. Dang, I thought I did a pretty good yeah, job. I'm scared to get in it, but okay, I'll risk my life. Let's jump in the time machine. We're going back to 2002, the summer of 2002. World Cup. Okay. This was pre-Facebook, pre-social media. We didn't really have all the games on TV like we do now. There's many options. There's a whole different sporting viewership landscape. So yeah, I I'm a huge United States fan, honestly. Um, that should be pretty obvious. But U.S. men's national yes, team, yes, and, and women's yes. But my number two has always been England. My family came from England. Um, I know they some of them don't like us too much when we've met with their fans, but some of them really, we really have a good connection. 
But England's always been my number two team. So I was watching, and it sounds corny in uh, hindsight, but David Beckham, he had that mohawk going. And I was, let's see, what, 18? 18 years old? Yep. I was captivated. I was like, dang, this guy is cool. I would get up, you know, the games are on at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I will get up to watch. It was the Japan-South Korea World Cup. Thank you. In addition to watching the U.S. men's team, I would also watch England and became a big Beckham fan. Okay. And so I was like, hmm, what team does Beckham play for? And then that kind of led me to Manchester United. Rude Van Nisseroy could not stop scoring. Yeah. That season. And that was my that was my gateway drug to Premier League. Okay. And yeah, so I really there was really no other option. I had other teams that I liked. Uh full disclosure, I I quite like Liverpool. I went to school near there. Um they want, you know, Manchester United fans to hate Liverpool, but Personally, I always kind of liked them. Had a bunch of friends who were Scousers and big Liverpool fans, and you have respect for Liverpool. Yeah, so I, I've always liked them also. But yeah, Manchester United was my team from day one. There really was no other option uh, at that time. Not every game was on TV. We had no streaming. No, you know, pull out your laptop and watch it. It was kind of like, well, they show Manchester United a lot, like Beckham, and then you start seeing skulls and. Gary Neville, all these players, and just I gigsy. Like, I was like, yeah, gigs. I was like, yep, this is my team. Just every time Beckham would take a free kick, I was just captivated. Yeah, but or, then he left the next year. But it was too late. They'd already sunk their teeth into me. So Manchester United for life. Blinded by love. Yeah, blinded by the frosted tips of Beckham. Nice. Yeah. So, and I still respect the guy. I always I admire kind of his whole vibe, but. Yeah, the team, you know, I've been to Old Trafford a couple times. and Nice. I uh, That's that's how it started for me, man. I guess it would be love at first sight. Love at first sight. Yes, sir. Now, I told my story, Matt. Let's hear yours. Which type of fan are you? So, Joe, you're actually included in my story. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, so, always, it always elevates the story. Yep. Back in, I guess it was two, all of 2004, Joe and I are living a across the street from each other up in Asheville. Mm -hmm. And um, just like Joe was saying, it's really hard for us to see any soccer whatsoever. You know, when I was growing up, I lived way out in the country. I I think I was 16, 17 before we even got satellite where I could (laughs) see anything. And the first thing I remember watching was like beach soccer where they're doing like backflips and scoring goals. Oh, dang. But um, the very first game of the English Premier League that I ever watched was with Mr. Mr. Joseph here. Uh-huh. I came into his apartment, sat down. You know, I'd been a fan of soccer my whole life. Grew up watching DC United and, you know, the MLS mm-hmm. you know, back when it started. And I thought that that was the cream of the crop. Yeah. You know? So, sit down with Joe. Surprise. <laughs> and we're he's watching this game, and I'm. The passes were so crisp. The players were so fast. It just looked like a whole different level that I had never seen before on soccer. 
So I was like, Joe, who's who is this team in blue? He was like, Oh man, this is Chelsea. I was like, <laughs> wow. So to be perfectly honest, I was a little bit of a mix between a bandwagoner and love at first sight. Because honestly, I not that I joined started watching Chelsea because they were that was right in the Jose Mourinho era, the first go around, Roman Abramovich back when Chelsea was, you know, really putting their foot on foothold on the Premier League. But it was more about Joe. I thought Joe was a a Chelsea fan for the longest time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I like to good. watch him. Yeah, yeah, man. I I mean, Jose Mourinho that first those first wow. couple of years, yeah, I was captivated. Yeah. I mean, so I thought for the longest time my buddy Joe was a uh, Chelsea fan. <laughs> and so he's part of the reason that I um had my love at first sight with Chelsea, but I've always been drawn to a blue color. You know, mm-hmm. we were blue in high school. Yep, you know, that's right. Blue is actually, from what I understand, the most attractive color to the human eye. Did not know that, but yep, I, I believe it. In, in one training seminar way out in Oregon. Uh-huh. But, um, okay. But yeah, so I saw Aryan Robin, Damian Duff, Ooh. Good Johnson. Drogba, oh my gosh! What Joe a freaking Cole. team! Oh my gosh! Yeah, J- so, JT, so, oh JT, Lamps, you know you've Peter Check, oh yeah, without the helmet, pre helmet, <laughs> you can see his hair. Oh, so just, just a amazing squad to watch. They were, I mean, Michael Ballack was my man. Mm-hmm. You know, later on, I mean, he wasn't a part of that team, so that. Wow, that team, you know, really brought it out in me and just fell in love. Yeah, basically love at first sight with the help of Joe. He was my wingman. Yep. (laughs) There we go. Happy to help. So, yeah, that was. Yeah, back then, I mean, there were not many. I mean, it wasn't like you just go find other soccer fans or go to a soccer bar. I mean, there was was not much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, true. yeah, man, it, you were like a life raft. It was like, oh, shoot, yeah, I'm going to grab a hold of this guy. We're going to watch yep. some soccer, man. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't until really I went off to East Carolina and then got in a mix with a bunch of guys that I played soccer with down there and, you know, had a bunch of Arsenal fans, Man City, Fulham, you know, all kinds of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm a Chelsea fan. But that was back when, you know, Chelsea was pretty much on top of the world. For a little bit of time, they had some struggles, but uh, yeah, it was just man that really, really brought it out in me. The English Premier League, you know, so much fun to watch. So, but we want to know, we want to ask you, our listeners out there, again, email us at seersoccerstuds at gmail and let us know what kind of fan are you. If you come yeah. up with another fan. Other type of fan, like, let yeah. us know. Tell us your story. Yeah. We want to hear from y'all. We know there's a couple million of y'all out there. A couple mil. Yeah, a couple mil at least. Loyal listeners to the Sears Soccer Studs. So, yeah, write us. We want to hear from you. Yeah. We want to. 
But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all we got for this this episode. So once again, you came for the footy, but stayed for the accents. We thank you. Yes. Studs up. Until next time. Peace.